CCR number 110 for May 5th, 2010. This edition of Cat Crave Radio is brought to you by the Panthers Outlaw Forum, the place for uncensored, no-holds-barred Carolina Panthers discussion. If you're ready for an honest discussion of your Carolina Panthers, visit the Panthers Outlaw Forum at sillyangel.proboards.com. D'Angelo Williams, left side crowded, goes up the middle, 50-yard line, he's in the clear, this has got potential, 40, 35, 30, 20, 15, 10, 5, touchdown! Still on a mission though, still on a mission. We're going to find out how far we can push ourselves. Jake Delon's going, Steve Smith left side, caught for a touchdown! Keep the dream alive, baby! Welcome to the show dedicated to covering the Carolina Panthers. This is Cat Crave Radio. Coming up in this episode, our special guest is Chris Harris, who stopped in to speak to us on his farewell tour. Jason Cole of Yahoo Sports is with us to discuss the draft. Nick Gilman is back to provide the fans' perspective. And Mike Minter joins us for another installment of the Minterview. Now, bubble your chin straps because it's time for kickoff. Here is your host for CCR, John White. You are not going to believe this. There were real players on a real football field over the weekend. Welcome to another edition of Cat Crave Radio. Thank you for making us a part of your day. It was the first time that anyone in the organization, coaches, front office personnel, other players, got to see the rookies up close and in action. Steve Smith seemed impressed by the speed he witnessed and says he's ready and willing to step up and mentor any of the young receivers around him. Well, those young receivers got a lot of attention as Brandon LaFell had an up-and-down minicamp, pretty much the same for fellow third-rounder Armonte Edwards. Meanwhile, Jimmy Clausen was the main attraction. Whether he did the right things on the field all the time or not may be a matter of opinion, but he was saying the right things any time he was faced with a reporter. A surprise participant was Thomas Davis, who took part despite a season-ending knee injury he suffered only five months ago. He wasn't at full speed, but was quick to point out that if a game were to be played within the week, he could probably go. One of Davis's defensive teammates, cornerback Richard Marshall, chose not to attend the minicamp. He wasn't required to be there since he's not under contract, a result of Marshall having yet to sign his tender offer. Still, he's unhappy with the situation. This is one story we'll be following throughout the offseason. Finally, former Panthers quarterback Josh McCown says that he feels he would be a good fit as a backup in Chicago under offensive coordinator Mike Martz. The two worked together in Detroit back in 2006. Why not? He'd only be the third Panther to wind up in Chicago this offseason. And the dead of the offseason is here. Of course, if anything happens, we'll be here to break it down for you. It's time once again for the Panther Preview. Joining us as always... It is uh, the future radio slash TV star himself, Mr. Nick Yeoman. Yeoman, what's up? John, you're too kind. I'm I'm kind of battling the elements, a little under the weather, but you know what? I played through the pain, and uh, I am back. It's good to be with you. Yeah, that that was in your scouting report. It said you will play through an injury, so, you know, we we felt like you were a high-character guy, very low risk. We had to bring you in. Well, yeah, I I appreciate that. It's just, you know, you you took me in the fourth round. I'm not going to get paid any. That's right, low risk, very low risk, high reward kind of guy. And speaking of that, so we, we have minicamp, first three days of actually getting players, 
even if they're not in uniform, they've got the lid on their heads and, you know, some semblance of a uniform, a jersey and some shorts, or as they call it, the skirts. I think John Fox called it that once upon a time. Uh, we've got 36 new faces on the team. 67 guys show up out there who are 25 years old or younger. Good Lord, what a young group and new faces everywhere you look. Really going to be the selling point uh, that Marty Ernie and John Fox are going to try to tell people. I know, you know, this off season. It's uh, from a fan's perspective, it's been brutal because you've had to watch guys like Brad Hoover and Jake Delhomme and Julius Peppers, who a lot of people help them in high regard, uh, go to some other places. And, and yeah, I, I think you know, new play, new faces in, in new places. And I think a lot of people were a little skeptical about that. But uh, boy, from what I've heard, the team speed is uh, is something that that really a lot of the writers out there it's something they've never seen from this team yeah, and smitty's talking about the the speed and even saying change can be good but then smitty's also and this just i'm sorry this is the first off season i can ever recall smitty saying things like this but yeah if they need to lean on me they can lean on me they can come to me and talk to me if they want to this is smitty you know <laughs> but at least smitty is happy a happy smitty is a good smitty so we you know that's that's a good sign right He's your, he's your star player, and, and I think it's something that uh, that you and I have both noticed just in the past season is is maybe the I don't want to call it the mature the maturation of Steve Smith, but he just kind of turned into a different guy, and I think he's kind of embraced that role of being a veteran wide receiver, and and uh, yeah, boy, if, if something impresses Steve Smith out on the field, uh, that's 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 a good sign because boy, there's been many times where we've all sat back and been impressed with what Steve Smith so with what he's done on the field. So if he's impressed with with how this team is looking uh, so far, you got to be happy. That's a promising sign. And we've got three receivers that are going to be all trying to, to not just get a spot on the roster, but a couple of these guys may even be thinking uh, starting jobs. We've got Brandon LaFell, who probably is at the head of the pack. Then we've got Armani Edwards, who, you know, probably is going to be a project. Tom Sorensen is saying, and I've got to ask him about that sometime, but he's saying by cold weather, Armani Edwards is going to be a factor. And then you've got Geddes, who is a fast guy, but so they say small hands. There have been some, some passes dropped, but Smitty's saying, you know, they're a work in progress, but I, I kind of like what I see. I mean, I don't know. I, I wish I had been there. If you and I had been invited, I'm sure we would have had a better opinion or more informed opinion, but at least it sounds like there were some flashes of, of things to come. I mean, it's so early to judge anything, and, and everything is going to be pure speculation. But, uh, I mean, I, I think that the wide receiver position was one that, that we've all agreed that was a certain need for this team. And I think, you know, through, uh, through the draft, the team addressed that. I mean, there were some other spots on this team that I feel like the Panthers might not have addressed as much as they needed to. But you, I, I honestly can't sit here and tell you that they didn't address the wide receiver spot. Uh, you know, Armani Edwards, I mean, we can knock the pick and everything, but the guy is a pure athlete, and I think once he figures out how to uh, how to play the wide receiver position, I, I think he's going to be solid. And uh, like you said, Brandon LaFell, uh, when you take him in, in that third-round pick uh, with your first pick third round, he's going to be expected to, to, to come in and, and, uh, and you know, help this team out immediately. And then we've got Greg Hardy, a cat that I'm going to watch pretty close because Hardy, despite – 
you know, an injury was considered to be, you know, a potential high-reward guy. You know, you could take a risk on him, but let him sit until the sixth round like they did. And at some time, at some point, you know, uh, months ago, they were even saying a possible second or late first. So Hardy is a guy who's showing a lot of speed. If he can pick up the, the, the actual speed of the game, and I think if this guy will put in the work, something tells me that Greg Hardy's going to wind up being a steal. No, I, I agree with you. As soon as I heard the Panthers had, uh, had made that pick, I, I liked it. That was one of my favorite picks. You know, obviously we've talked about it, and a lot of people have talked about, you know, the off-the-field issues and whether this guy, whether he's all there, uh, you know, upstairs, that that's a question mark. But, yeah, I, I don't think – I mean, when you watch tape on this guy, there is no denying that uh, that he's got the talent. Of course, playing at Ole Miss, you're playing at SEC, boy, you're seeing some great offenses. You're seeing a lot of speed. You're seeing some pretty good defenses. And, and I think that's something that this Panthers defense is going to need. You know, you lose – you know, you let a couple big bodies inside at defensive tackle go. You let, you know, you're the best defensive end you've ever had in Julius Peppers go. You don't have a lot of size. Greg Hardy brings pretty good size, but you're going to have to beat a lot of teams with speed. And uh, and I think that's pretty much their plan. And, and uh, so far, uh, it sounds like uh, things are looking pretty good. Speaking of thievery, uh, and this is a totally off topic, but, you know, Nick, you may be able to help me with this, and anybody listening can help with this, but our network fansided.com they're running this little it's it's a little uh, it's a contest among all their websites if you'll go to the website in fact on this post for this this very show right here just go to the bottom of the post and you'll see this rss thing down there click on it and subscribe to the rss feed because i mean they're probably giving away like a pack of bubble gum but i want that pack of bubble gum just so i can you know wave it at the other websites if you would so you know, Nick, if you'll click on it, you know, you and any of your friends, you know, whoever and anybody listening, click on that little RSS picture down there for me. Can you do that? Yeah, that's no problem. I, I think I can squeeze that in my schedule. <laughs> well, it might be like double bubble or whatever it is. That's probably what it is. Or I don't know. It could be like a bag of Tootsie Pops. But I don't care. It's, you know, I just want to win. Just win, baby. That's all. So. Hey, hey, that's the great thing. At the end of the day, we're all competitors. We may all be football fans, but we also want to win. That's right. Well, it is what it is. And um, speaking of it being is what it is or isn't what it isn't, uh, Jimmy Clausen, so, yeah. Jimmy was, yeah, we've complained. You and I both have not said the nicest things about him, but he's saying the right things at camp. I'm not sure he always did the right things, and I'm sure at times he looked like a deer caught in headlights. Which is fine. He's a rookie, and he's going to look that way. But, I mean, have you heard anything about the guy, positive, negative? I mean, there's really not been enough. I don't think there's been enough feedback about him, about how he actually looked when he was throwing the ball downfield. Well, I, I don't I don't try to judge. I, I don't try to take too much out of minicamp from, from an on-the-field perspective. But uh, what I've heard from as far as him coming with the team and reaching out to veteran players is great. Of course, if you don't know the story about you know, uh, he texts Steve Smith. He, he somehow came across Steve Smith's phone number. He sent him a text and said, hey, my name is Jimmy Clausen. I'm really excited to be a Carolina Panther. And Steve's like, well, that's great, but since you're coming out from California, can you go ahead and bring some of that cactus cooler soda that I like so much? And, and what does Jimmy Clausen do? He, he obliges and makes sure that he brings uh, some of Smitty's favorite soft drink uh, over there from the West Coast. So it sounds like he's saying all the right things. 
thinks he's doing all the right things. You have to expect that, though. And, and uh, you know, I'm a Matt Moore guy, and I think right now this is Matt Moore's team. But, hey, if Matt Moore has another awful trading camp like he did last year and uh, where he found himself in the third-string position and Jimmy Clausen really comes out and wows some people, I don't think it's crazy to think he can win this starting job. But right now I think it's Matt Moore's, and, and, uh, and I'd, I'd be pretty surprised if it wasn't Matt Moore's long term. And speaking of soft drinks, now Clawson had to pick up some soda to bring back to the East Coast to to Smitty, and we just lost a guy who, if you leave the Carolinas, if you've had any cheer wine, you know that you can't find it anywhere but here. Um, I mean, I know people that come over the state line to get it, so Chris Harris is no longer going to be here uh, in or around Charlotte, so he won't have access to it. Chris, by the way, I'll bring you cheer wine to Chicago if you need me to, but Chris is out of here now, has been traded, and here's the thing. Coach Fox, right at the end of minicamp, makes the statement that, well, whether it was a good move or not, we've got a budget, and we've got to meet our budget. It doesn't sound to me like, (laughs) okay, I know we've said this before, playing on the cheap, and yes, I know there's a defense of Jerry Richardson. I agree that Jerry Richardson has never been cheap. But I think since there's no minimum salary cap, I think we're trying to get away with playing this season on the cheap. I, I, I don't think there's any way to get away from it, especially when your head coach is saying what he had to say on Sunday afternoon. I just don't see a way to get away from it. Oh, I think you're a little off, John. I think it's just the cheer wine budget. I think we've got to make room to buy more cheer wine. It's, you know, it's funny that, that Chris Harris gets shipped to Chicago because the main reason that the Panthers should have a big budget is because they let that big cash cow Julius Peppers go to Chicago, which, you know, cleared a lot of money off the books. I mean, I know you've got a lot of guaranteed cash going to Jake DeLone, but this was a team that uh, supposedly had a lot of money to, to spend in, uh, in free agency. And, when you, like you mentioned, you know, with the uncapped uh, system right now, it seems just kind of silly that, that there's a budget. But, uh, again, I think it just leads to the fact that, that uh, winning this season is not a priority for this team and that, that Jerry Richardson is really concerned and, and looking for the long-term success financially of this squad of a uh, potential work stoppage in 2011. It's just, I'll tell you what, as a fan, especially as a fan of Chris Harris, that was the disappointing part. You know, if they really honestly thought that, that Chris Harris's good years probably behind him, which that may be the case, who knows, you know, he may have a couple good years left, but if they really thought that Chris Harris's good years were behind him and that this, uh, you know, this, this special teams linebacker that they brought over from Chicago really had a chance to make a big impact, then, then I could probably buy into that. But uh, to find out that it's simply because of budget issues, boy, that uh, kind of fires me up. Yeah, and I, I don't know. I mean, you may be right. I mean, Harris has had some injuries, a shoulder injury and a knee injury this past year. But <laughs> I, I'm willing to lay money on this. And anybody that wants to take me up on the bet, here I am. You know how to reach me. My email address is all over the place. So here it is. I'll make you the bet. Anybody that wants to take me up on it. Jamar Williams has less of a chance at starting on at any of the linebacker spots than, say, oh, I don't know, Norwood does. I think Norwood will start ahead of Jamar Williams day one, opening day, and I think it'll stay that way from now on. And I think all Jamar Williams is is a special teams contributor and that's the part that really upset me the most is that you let a starter go for a backup, for a guy that's going to, you know, he's going to wind up running down, you know, so he's going to cover on punts. Big deal. I mean, 
we had a hitter in the in the secondary. That's that's the part that really upset me. Plus, Harris is only 27, so I mean, I I don't he can heal up. I I don't I don't get it. You know, I just don't get it. Yeah, John, I, I got to admit, you know, I'm always out. I'm looking out for the best interests of your listeners, and I hate to say it, but don't take his bet. Don't take John's <laughs> bet. That's a bad one. I don't. I wouldn't be surprised if uh, if a guy like Eric Wilwood started over me there. I I just I don't expect much from Mr. Williams. And then we've got a you know kind of a well a good and a bad news kind of thing on defense as as sort of the wrap up for minicamp and. The good is that Thomas Davis, five months after a, a pretty bad knee injury, actually out there on the field. He wasn't at full speed, but he did say, I would be back if there was a game this week. But the problem is, flip side of that, Richard Marshall, who has not yet signed his tender because he's a restricted free agent, is unhappy with his contract situation. He didn't show up, didn't have to be there. So we got a good news and a bad news thing again on the defensive side of the ball. Well, yeah, and I think it's, I, I, you know, I don't know if I'm looking too much into it, but I think the, the Thomas Davis side, it's pretty easy to tell. This is a guy coming off of an injury. He wants to show not only the Panthers, but other teams, hey, I still got it and I'm still deserving of a big contract. I remember he was playing some absolutely lights out Pro Bowl team MVP type football, uh, you know, first, in the first half of last season before he got injured. So I think he wants to be with the Panthers long term, and I also think by just getting out there, he's, he's trying to show the Panthers, hey, you can commit to me, you can stick with me in the long term, and it's, it's probably a smart move on his part. As far as Richard Marshall, I, I don't know. This is this one's going to be a little interesting, and, uh, and it could be a little messy. Of course, the Panthers, you know, they drafted three defensive backs for depth. They got a lot out of Richard Marshall, or uh, not Richard Marshall, but they got a lot out of Catherine Munderland and Sherrod Martin last year. And, and I don't know if Richard Marshall's just feeling a little disrespected and thinks the Panthers need to sink some uh, big cash into him, especially after they saw the way they unloaded on Chris Gamble, who may not be deserving of that much. So it, this, this Richard Marshall situation is going to be a little interesting. I think at the end of the day, he's probably still with the Panthers and, uh, and will eventually sign. But uh, this one uh, it certainly has a bigger chance of, of getting messy compared to Thomas Davis' situation. Well, Nick, it's been a pleasure again, and I, I guess in the next seven days, we may just have to pray that there's good news or some kind of news out of Charlotte, so we have something to talk about next week. I was going to say, the last two or three weeks with uh, with the trades and the draft and the schedule being announced, we've been a little spoiled. Uh, I think we're about to hit the dog days of summer. There's always something to talk about, though. We'll think of something. Yeah, we'll make up something if we have to. <laughs> We may have to just make up news that, uh, I don't know, that uh, the Panthers have signed Damian Craig back. Great idea. Let's do that. We we signed uh, Steve Berline. Yeah, that's right. He, he's there to mentor Jimmy Clausen. Great. Great. <laughs> <laughs> you see, that, that's how it works. That's how it works. You just make stuff up, right? Yeah, let's, let's, we'll, we'll make it up right on the spot. Well, Nick, as always, a pleasure, sir. Uh, we appreciate your time once again, as always. And don't forget the newsletter. Get over there and sign up for the newsletter. Yeah, there's a reminder in the newsletter about that RSS competition. Be sure and click on that. But in the newsletter, now this is brand new. There is exclusive content. You won't get this on the website. You have to sign up for the newsletter to get this. It's sort of a, let's call it an overtime thing for our show. We're stretching the show a little bit and we're going to put this stuff in what we call the litter box. I know it's a stupid name. But anyway, blame me. But it's going to be on the newsletter and only on the newsletter. If you subscribe, you'll get that stuff. Just go to catcraveradio.com. At the top of the page, click 
newsletter, fill out that little three-entry form, and you'll start getting the newsletter right away. We'll have that sent out to you late in the week, and you will get the sort of overflow information from the show. We call it the litter box. It'll be in the newsletter. Again, go to catcraveradio.com and click on newsletter. Coming up, we got Jason Cole, Mike Minner in the Minerview, and we'll hear from Chris Harris in his farewell. Questions? Comments? Send them to us at catcraveradio at gmail.com. That's catcraveradio at gmail.com. The Crave returns in a moment. Fansided.com Sports Network. You play to win the game. Where diehard fans dish out nonstop news and views on their favorite teams. Playoffs? Don't talk about playoffs. You kidding me? Playoffs? Fandom has no offseason. So he sucks you guys right in. So consider yourself sucked. Neither do we. Now, if you want to crown them, then crown them. But they are who we thought they were. And we let them off the hook. Fansided.com, the number one pro sports blog network on the internet. All Carolina Panthers, all the time. Now more CCR. We are joined now by Yahoo Sports columnist Jason Cole. Jason, a pleasure to have you back with us. Uh, no problem. What's going on? Not a whole lot. We, uh, we've, <laughs> we've had some interesting days here recently. There have been some fans, some happy, some not so happy. We'll look back at the draft, and since the draft is really such a huge event now, how would you grade the way the Panthers handled this draft? I, I, I liked it. I liked what they did. And, you know, waiting on Clawson and getting him in the second round, it's, you know, that's, that, that's a pretty impressive pick there to get. Now, the question is, you know, is he going to play right away so that, you know, Fox and Herney, uh, you know, maybe can buy some time uh, with him as quarterback? Um, and if, if you know they they're not around to handle him how's the next administration going to handle him i mean it's a good value pick regardless um you know but the the fear i have is that you know depending on what happens with the front office and the coaching staff he's kind of a kid who could get lost in the shuffle uh by you know say the next group that may not necessarily like him uh or may not be as, as comfortable with him uh depending on who they are if if Well, the one thing that I and I've, I guess if you look through this list of players, if you just basically just looked at the strengths, the weaknesses of who they took, and who they've added this off season, and and even who they've subtracted from the roster, one thing that stands out is that they've added an awful lot of team speed. But that that almost seems it looks to me like they're going against the John Fox grain because he's always been about. You know, be big up front, be strong, and and use strength rather than speed as much to just kind of overpower people. Does it look to you like he's he's just trying a new direction, or do you think that that's just a way to supplement the strength that they may have up front? I think that when you go through a massive change and you lose a couple of people, you know, especially a Julius Peppers or you know, even Maka Kimiatu, uh, who they've lost, um, when you subtract those kinds of people out of your system, you you have to then change it quickly, um, <laughs> unless you're fortunate enough to replace those exact parts, you know, body for body. They haven't been able to do that. So I think what they've done is they said, what's the next thing that we can get? What what highlights what we have remaining? And that is speed. Uh, and, and that gives them a chance to, to rebuild the team, you know, fairly quickly, 
and and be competitive that way while they wait to then replace the bigger parts that they have lost. I mean, when you don't have a first-round pick, and you know it, it's hard to get those big, strong bodies right away, especially on the defensive line. They just don't last in this draft. Uh, and then when you take the, the quarterback in the second round, I mean, now all of a sudden you're looking at, at the third round before you can start getting the big body guys. You know, those, those talented big body guys, they, they're just not around that often. They're, they're usually picked through pretty well in the first round and certainly through the second round. So they've gotten the next best thing, find guys who can run a little bit and hopefully make up for the difference. One thing that the draft, and, and it's such an odd, I mean, this is it's a huge job interview <clears throat> that can last if your college career ends in January, your interview process starts immediately and, and in fact, even started before that because you've put your work on, on videotape. But this this column that Michael Silver wrote recently about about this interview process that Des Bryant went through with Jeff yeah. Ireland, I mean, just in your mind, how... Just how egregious was Jeff Ireland's question that, that he's asking Des Bryant in this interview? Well, without knowing the, the exact circumstances, there's been a lot of arguing back and forth about exactly what happened, at least you know from unnamed sources. What, what I see out of this is it's, it's a question that was unnecessary. Right? And it's not one that you're supposed to ask the kid. Now, it's not, that doesn't mean you, want to, you don't want to get the question answered. Okay. You want the question answered because you want to know who and what you're dealing with, and not just the kid. You know, his family comes with him, uh, especially younger guys like this. I mean, you know, whether they are actually in the town or not, you know, they're around. And I know that, remember when Oakland took Darren McFadden a few years ago, you know, they made it very clear to McFadden that they didn't want his family hanging around with him because the family brought trouble with it. So that was one of the sort of the caveats to drafting him. And I think that with Des Bryant, you have to wonder the same thing, especially if you're Dallas and, and you're, you're close by. But if, even if you're any other team, you want to know the background. But when somebody has a criminal record, it's pretty easy to figure out, and it's easy to know what they've done. And she has at least two arrests that we, that we know about that would not have been very difficult to find. Now, neither one of them is for prostitution, but they're both for drug dealing, and it's like, okay, which one's worse? Does it really matter at this point? You've got a pretty good idea that this is not a person that you know you want to you want to have a lot of direct contact, or if you take the player, you don't want her, you don't want her around, you know, the player on you know on an everyday basis. So to me, I don't think it was. I, I just thought it was a question that was unnecessary to ask the player. It, it, it's a it's a question you could have answered with your security people very quickly. It's not a question that you don't want to know about. You want to know about, but you don't need to ask the player. And that's where Jeff Ireland went wrong with this one. It's a little bit like what you, I'm, I'm sure you had firsthand knowledge of this one with the way Miami handled the, uh, with Cam Cameron when they drafted Ted Ginn and his entire family. So I guess, I mean, you're right. Oh, they, absolutely. I mean, know. it's the same thing. I mean, you yeah. want to do background checks and you want to know people and you want to feel comfortable that either these are, these are solid people that you don't have to worry about, or if you're concerned that you know exactly what you're dealing with. I mean, those are those are important questions in dealing with players because their families are a huge part. part. It's not, I mean, this right. is not like hiring an executive who's 44 years old and, you know, had an MBA and been through, you know, several other jobs before you hire him to be a CEO or what executive 
have I mean his his family background is much less of a factor by that point in time than I mean it's still important but it's not as important as when you're dealing with a 22 year old who's still very much involved with his parents and, and his family on a day-to-day basis and they're going to be part of the process so the information is not out of bounds to find out it's just not a question you want to be asking the player himself yes can you ask him okay tell me about your family situation tell me about your life I want to know what we're going to be dealing with and see how honest he is and but but your security people usually do the background checks and find out this basic information that's why I you know the question was 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 a stupid one to ask in my viewpoint and the odd thing after all of this I mean you've got you know, security people, like you said, checking background information on the player and their families. You've watched tape, I mean, hours upon hours of tape. And when you do have the opportunity, one of the 30 players you can bring in to interview, and this is one of your guys, yet the system still gives us players like Jamarcus Russell, who's a number one overall, or a Ryan Leaf, who, wow, looking back, I mean, we were actually debating, is it Leaf or Manning? I mean, who should be going number well, one? I mean, look, I mean, you make a good Probably, if there's any reason, and and you wrote this uh, a recent column about uh, an organization called Fourth and Goal, and they are they're they're basically pushing now, not just because they want to have a rookie salary cap to help the game, but because they're saying that the agents are the ones that they're almost the catalyst behind this. They want the money, they want to pocket all of these you know large sums of money off of these bonuses and this guaranteed money that the the players are going to be getting coming in the draft, unproven players. So 
if if you're I, I understand that they really are blowing this up and they're taking it in a, in a direction that's not going to help the CBA. It's not going to help the union. Well, I mean, further, you know, furthermore, I mean, with this is it's not necessarily true. And agents, yeah, agents are blamed for an awful lot of things, but they number one, they didn't create the system, and they're just taking advantage of what the system is. But the other thing is, if you talk to agents. The agents don't really care. They're just working the system that they're forced to work under and trying to maximize the profit and the, and the amount of money that not only they can make through their percentage, but more importantly for their clients, how much those guys can make. And, yeah, fourth and goal wants to change. The NFL wants to change. The union wants to change. And the agents that I've talked to, including Tom Kahn and Ben Dogra, who represent more first-rounders than anybody else, and Neil Schwartz, who's a very clever agent, and, and the agent for Darrell Revis and Vincent Jackson and Roddy White. I mean, they'll tell you, we don't care. We don't care what system it is. And I don't think that anybody else cares, you know, ultimately cares what system it is, as long as it's, you know, a corrected system that redirects the money towards the veterans. And the agents are willing to live with the fact that the veterans get the money because those agents also represent the veterans. They just want to make sure that if you're going to have a system for the rookies, make it a system that's fair for the rookies, not, hey, we're going to control their wages for six years. You can control wages for three years, and that's that's what the NBA does. And then once a guy's been in the league two or three years, get him an opportunity to make you know real money if he is indeed a real contributor. Uh, and, and I think that everybody agrees that that's a better system whether it's players, whether it's retired players, whether it's fans, whether it's NFL executives, even whether it's agents. So I think everybody's on the same page. It's just down to a negotiating ploy over the collective bargaining agreement. Jason, as always, a pleasure to have you with us. Jason Cole, Yahoo Sports columnist, thanks for your time. No problem, anytime. Thank you. It's Minner at the 30. He's to the 20. Cuts outside at the 15. Minner to the 10. Minner to the 5. Touchdown! It's time now for the Minter View. We are joined now by legendary Carolina Panther, Mike Minter. Mike, thank you for joining us once again. Absolutely. I'm glad to be back, John. Well, Mike, we just got through with the draft. We got through with minicamp. We got the rookies in. Everybody's been on the field, as John Fox put it, once upon a time in skirts. Now that we've got the draft behind us and we've brought in this rookie class, how do you feel about the draft? Do you think the team addressed all of their needs? I, I think I think so. Um, I think, I, you know, I gave them a, a B plus. I thought, I thought the draft was really, really good for us. And uh, I thought um, the only reason why I beat plus because we didn't have that first rounder, and uh, and so. Uh, but I thought what they had uh, with the picks, um, they did a great job of adding the, you know players that 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 can help this football team uh, today and in the future. And so uh, they they've done a great job of uh, continuing to build a base. And um, now it's all about coaching these young guys to. Uh, you know, uh, come in and be able to contribute. Smitty had been saying, you know, he wanted fresh legs around him. He wanted some speed, people to, you know, take the heat off of him and and maybe move him to the slot a little bit and, you know, so he could move around some. 
I mean, do you think these receivers, from what you've seen of them, from what you've heard of them, do you think they can take the heat off of Smitty? Well, we, we hope so. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, I mean, it's, it's hard sometimes for young guys to come in and make a make an impact, especially when you have a Steve Smith. Um, but, um, you know, Monty Edwards, uh, you know, he, he has the ability to change the game, you know. Uh, he gets some special plays with him. Um, you know, hopefully they use him in the wildcat, and, and then, you know, you begin to use his athletic ability. So I think you got to be real creative with a guy like that. And if you do that, also take pressure off of Steve Smith uh, from, from having to make plays all the time also. And um, and then, you know, so so hopefully at the end of the day that, you know, that's what you want to do is you want to be able to, um, you know, give, give Steve Smith an opportunity um, not to have to be the number one guy all the time, and and so I think I think they've done that. I think one thing you and I probably would have to do with the team now is is lie and say we're twenty nine because it it <laughs> seems if you're thirty or older or getting close to thirty, you know there there's a problem. Uh, bring your playbook and come to the office. Chris Harris was last, and they traded him to Chicago. I mean, how much do you think the team in the secondary? especially will miss him and and the hitting that that we always got from the hitman back there well you know what i mean that, that miss him um his leadership he understood what coach fox wanted he understood how to um help that defense come a long ways and and uh, you know that says a lot about the young guys that that um, they feel like the two young kids can come in and and um and charles charles Godfrey and them and come in and, and, and do something so um, it says a lot about that and and um, but you know they go missing. I mean, again, I mean, when you have veteran leadership and he's gone, that that's tough. You've you know you just got through mini camp and you anybody that had gotten in there to actually watch these guys practice. I mean, there were I mean you normally bring eighty eighty five guys in. You have a huge group of players, but sixty seven players on the field at mini camp were twenty five years old or younger. So it's wow. you know really. <laughs> I mean, it's a young, young group, but yeah. with guys like Chris Harris gone, uh, Jake and Hoover and Moose, I mean, that's a long, long list and a distinguished list, too, because these guys, you know, they were leaders for this team. How do you think this team will, will do without or where they maybe lack that veteran leadership? Well, I think, I think, I mean, you look at it, you got Chris Gamble. He got to step up now um, and be that leader. Um, you got Beeson, and you're already that leader. So I think you have young guys that can lead, young guys that understand um, already. And so um, I don't think it's going to be that much of a dip um, because these guys have already been there. They already understand what's going on. So, um, you know, I, I think I think they have enough veteran leadership over there. Um, Jordan Gross, um, who's been around, who understands what it's all about. Um, so, I mean, you know, Terrell uh, um, Warden, um, another guy that understands, um, you know, and, and, and then you got Steve Smith, um, so he's still there. Um, they they got enough better leadership um, to to um, you know overcome um, the, the people that they lost. But you know, it's a young man's league, and it's just the bottom line of the situation. And once you get to a certain age, and, and at thirty is that age, um, you know, they they start labeling you as an old man, and, and they got to get younger, and so. I thought it. Was, I thought it was some good moves that the Panthers had to make to uh, to um, become younger and, and faster and 
And, um, you know, you got to always keep short-term in mind, but also long-term. And that's, I think they did a great job of doing that. Yeah, I think the more I watch this offseason, the older I feel. And they <laughs> they just brought in Jimmy Clausen. And, and you mentioned the fact they didn't have a first-round pick. And his fall in the draft could wind up benefiting them over the long haul. And right. that that means now Matt Moore, who was set to take over the job, and and was going to more or less inherit the job after Jake left. Now that we've got, you know, a, a guy that had been considered a top 10 or top 15 pick in there at the position, I mean, do you think it's going to be Moore's job, or do you think Clawson will wind up winning out? Well, uh, it's Moore's job, so it's Moore's to, to, to lose. Um, and so if Moore come in and perform and, and do the things he need to do, he'll have nothing to worry about. Um, and, and, and so the only way Clawson gets in is uh, Moore just uh, stinks up the place. That, that's, the, that's the only way. Um, I, I don't think Clawson is, is going to be able to. Let me, let me give you guys an a understanding. National Football League, jobs are given and taken, okay? <laughs> they're, not, they're not worn and lost, even though coaches try to tell you that all the time. They're given and taken. And, and um, right now this is Moore, uh, Moore's offense and his position and, and um and so um if more you know don't don't step up and do the things they need to do we'll be seeing Clawson or, or maybe, maybe Pike yeah there're going to be a lot of eyeballs on those guys no doubt but mike as always we appreciate you being with us and uh sharing your insights all right take care set an appointment on your calendar we are here every week panthers fans cat grave radio will return so my uncle calls and he says he's dizzy and he's losing his balance. I'm like, uncle, you want me to take you to a doctor? He's like, no, I'm going to look up the symptoms. I said, your symptoms are you're dizzy and you're losing your balance. So he said, I can't get on the internet because my arm is numb. I said, well, use your good arm and dial 911. Strokes are no joke. Dial 911. Time lost is brain lost. Seriously, dial 911. Visit strokesnojoke.org. Brought to you by the American Stroke Association and the Ad Council. CCR is here for the fans. That's why we want to know what you think of the team or the show. Call the CCR hotline at 206-350-9673 and leave a message. The number is 206-350-9673. Time now for more Cat Crave Radio. Our guest now is Chris Harris. Chris Harris, number 43, the hitman. Chris, it's good to have you back with us, even if it's just a temporary visit. Hi, uh, yeah, man, it's always good uh, to, to be back. You know, uh, Charlotte will uh, definitely be missed. And we do appreciate you putting us into your, um, or including us in your farewell tour. I mean, I know at the end you got to yell, you know, thanks, Charlotte, good night, you know. <laughs> <laughs> right, right, I'll do that at the end. Look, uh, this past Tuesday, I mean, what a what an insane day. And and I guess for us, it was, you know, anybody on the outside of that situation looking in, first it was, okay, I've been traded to Chicago, Windy City, here I come. And then, you know, you kind of had to hold up. I mean, what, is there anything you can tell us about what happened behind the scenes that we don't know about? Oh, the world, it, nothing happened in between. I just, um, when, when I put it out there, um, I knew that's where I was going. Uh, my agent told me, but uh, I think it was some things on our Charlotte saying that had to get finished up before the trade was actually official. So they told me I was a little premature. 
so I had to, to, to go back and say, hold on just a second. And then about 30 minutes later, it was official. Well, the thing is, and, and I know the, the trade is official now, but is it too late? I mean, could you just, like, fail the physical and then void <laughs> the trade? <laughs> well, it's too, too bad I passed it. I passed the physical Wednesday, so it's, it's, it's a done deal. Oh man, see we that was just trying to find a loophole, a way to keep you here with the Panthers and it's like, man, if you could say, Look, I got turf toe, you know, um I had a kidney stone, you know, something that, that would keep you here, but I mean I'm just looking for the loophole here, you know. Right, right, right. You know, I I'm I'm definitely gonna miss uh Charlotte. I mean I had some great years, uh the three years I was here, you know, I had some great years here. And I can imagine too, since this happened I, you know, it'd be hard not to read anything that's been written about you in the papers online. I mean, there's so much of that stuff out there. But one of the stories that that came out, I guess, right after, um, and this is something that seemed to be, it was basically just reporters, you know, going, well, I guess the reason that, you know, this happened. One of the things they mentioned was your age. I mean, since when is 27 too old? Uh, no, I don't think it had to do anything with age. Uh, I don't think 27 was, I think 27 is just, just starting to go into your prime. Um, so I, I don't think it had anything to do with age. I think it was all a, a upstairs decision, a financial decision um, that, that, that went on there. Well, I think it was last year. You told me that, you know, you were getting ready to play Chicago and, your thought before playing Chicago was that I believe the words you used. I think you said you wanted to beat them senseless. Well, October tenth, you get to come back to Bank of America Stadium. Are you are you going to try and beat us senseless? Uh, absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> you know, uh, it, it's always fun when you go against your your, your former team. And, you know, you got a, a lot of friends out there on the field, former teammates. So. You know, you get to battle in practice, but don't quite get to go live. You know, you talk a lot of smack. So, uh, you know, I actually get to, to go live against those guys. So I'm excited about it. Well, I know it'd be hard to, you know, to forget the fact, just like you told us before, you know, it's, I mean, if a team gave up on you or they let you go, either way it worked out, in the end you're no longer with that team and, you you know, you want to show them, hey, I still got it. But do you, in any way, are there any hard feelings at all about this, how it went down, how you were treated, any of that stuff? No, you know, I, I was treated with, uh, with the utmost respect. The only thing, I, I wish it would have happened before the draft, you know. Um, that, that's probably the only thing. But, no, I don't have any hard feelings towards the, the Panthers organization, um, Coach Fox, Marty. You know, I, I really think it was out of their hands. So I don't have any, any ill will towards them. But you do feel as if it was a, well, like you said before, you do believe that it did come down to to a money decision. Yeah, absolutely. That's what I'm saying. I don't think it had to do with anything with my uh, play on the field. Well, and two, you know, people think about, I mean, we're not the athletes. We're not the, you know, the people in that situation. I know it's hard because first, you know, you've got a job in, you know, City A and then you're moving on to a new place. In your case, I guess you're going back home, technically. But with a fiancé, a child, I mean, how hard is it for you to uproot and leave Charlotte to head back to Chicago? Uh, you know, it's kind of tough. Um, you know, I'm going to have to uh, get my furniture and everything moved. My fiancé just uh, actually got in uh, Charlotte full-time in, uh, in uh, March. So, you know, that, that's kind of tough for her. 
But, you know, it's one of those things we got to go through. Um, so, yeah, it'll be a little tough. Well, this is kind of a bittersweet interview because, I mean, you know, we've always enjoyed talking to you and, and the, you know, the fans have always enjoyed watching you play. I know I have, but, you know, we, we didn't get a chance to, you know, to get the, to hear the solo from you like we wanted. And, uh, two, we know that, you know, this may be the last time we get a chance to talk to you. Yeah, man, um, it, it, it was bittersweet for me, too, um, you know, because I enjoyed Charlotte. I had great times. I had good friends. made some uh, great friendships and uh, connections while I was in Charlotte. And so uh, I would definitely miss the fans. But on the other hand, I'm getting to come back to uh, where I got to begin my career. So if there was any other team that I would want to come back to, it would be Chicago. Well, we'll be watching the Hitman, and I mean, we'll be rooting for you, I guess, from a distance, knowing that you know you're playing for another team, of course. But you know, we'll definitely be watching. Oh man, thanks. I really appreciate it. I thank I, I, I thank you for all the support. Well, Chris, again, we appreciate you being with us. All right, thank you for having me. I want to thank Nick Yeoman for being such a big part of the show. Nick, you know, the show would just not be the same without you and all that awesomeness you bring. Be sure to follow Nick on Twitter at twitter.com slash nyoman. Our appreciation to Chris Harris for making us a part of his farewell tour. Hitman, you will be missed. My thanks to Jason Cole for being with us. You can find Jason's work at Yahoo Sports. Also, our appreciation to Mike Mentor for being with us once again for another installment of The Mentor View. Mike, you are a scholar and a gentleman. And be sure to subscribe to our newsletter. Go to catcraveradio.com and click on the newsletter link at the top of the page. Fill out the quick and easy form. It's a done deal. We are now offering exclusive content to anyone who signs up for the newsletter. It's called The Litter Box. Think of it as an overtime for CCR. You'll get exclusive clips from interviews as well as a lot of other material only available to newsletter subscribers. Now this week we have exclusive clips from both our visit with Jason Cole and our farewell interview with Chris Harris. To get access to the litter box, go to catcraveradio.com, click on the newsletter link, and fill out the form. It's not just easy, it's free. We fixed the problems with iTunes. Our thanks to Joe Dexter for his help in getting things up and running for us again. You can now subscribe to the show and please give us a review while you're there. And follow us on Twitter by going to twitter.com slash catcraveradio. Give us a follow. Yes, we promise we'll follow you back. Feel free anytime to give us a call. All you have to do is pick up the phone and dial 206-350-9673 and leave us a message. We want to hear your opinions and let the rest of the world know what you think. Call us on the CCR hotline at 206-350-9673. I'm John White. Thanks again for listening. We hope to be back inside of your listening device once again next week with another edition of Cat Crave Radio. Thanks again for listening to Cat Crave Radio, a proud member of the Fan Sided Network. Check out catcraveradio.com for our complete archive of interviews, commentary, and analysis. The CCR crew will gather again next week to bring you another fresh episode. All material, copyright 2010, Cat Crave Radio. Stand and cheer for the Panthers in our grand old day. Nothing could be finer than to be in Carolina for a Panther football game.